Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com. Squarespace. Do you need a website? An online yep. store? Yep. Um, a blog? Yep. Um, other things that are web-related? Uh, well, yep. you can get all that at Squarespace. It's easy to use. They have a drag-and-drop interface so you can make your own beautiful website. However you want it to look, you make it happen. And they also have 24-7 support standing by whenever you need it. Go to Squarespace.com. You get a free domain. That's a .com. You get a free .com address if you sign up for a year. And uh, you also save some money if you use the code NHP. NHP. So if that code NHP doesn't work, then just type in other codes until it gives you like 10% off. Squarespace. You should. Yeah. They don't want us to say that anymore, but I'm just going to say that I never got that notice, and I'm going to keep saying it. So Squarespace, you should. Um, Today, we're doing a special commentary of the making of the original Star Wars. So this is of of Star Wars Episode 4, correct? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess they're just going to have to wait and see. It is the story behind the making of Star Wars A New Hope. So let's get into it with our brand new theme song. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Yo, welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast, everybody. My name is Mikey Booyah. My name is PC3O. That was pretty sweet. That was a pretty sweet theme song. Yeah. Shout I out to so. shout out to Joey Black for making that on the ones and twos. You uh you you actually used three um vinyl record players, a mixer. Plus, plus the Yaz flute. And a and a Yaz. It's actually called Jizz Music. Oh yeah. You use the Jizz flute. Which jizz is, flute. Which is in, <laughs> it's not as gay as it sounds. I'm glad we got that out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. Got the gay out of the way. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's a dope theme song, man. Hell yeah. You schooled it. You schooled it. Doing my best. Trying to get my fucking Mr. Williams on. Yeah. You might, uh, we might hear it. We might hear it next week on Tuesday's episode. We might not. Did you hear the news? What is the news? Uh instant news break we got a we got a breaking news moment breaking news coming in lay it on them because i don't know what it is (laughs) john williams signed on to score the indiana jones 5 and the next star wars what are you for real for real for real holy shit john williams is out there making dreams come true holy fucking shit jay as he should yeah that's gonna make the movie that's gonna complete the movie yeah that that seals the deal for me there is no other you yep. know i think i think maybe if somebody like if somebody stepped in and tried to conduct the philharmonic orchestra in a fucking john williams manner maybe maybe it could be like you know um replayed but definitely not recreated yeah you know what i mean like there is nobody else it's not gonna have the, the same job. feel at all yeah yeah it definitely is not the same i mean like we've heard other attempts and other things over the years and other branches that weren't main movies you know and it was never the same no matter what if it wasn't you could you can just always tell the difference the the enthusiasm is like completely lacking when it's not john williams so it's yeah great. all right well i do i definitely agree with that i think that we bring him up a lot john williams and that's dope because I didn't know that. I wasn't aware of that news until you just told me that he signed on to do those. Yeah. It's going to be fresh, man. Because uh, you really... It was all up in the air, you know? He wasn't going to do it. He wasn't sure if he was going to do it. Yeah. And we talk about it a lot, but people don't realize because it kind of like the music scores in a movie hit you subconsciously where you're paying attention to the movie and the characters and the plot and everything it that's going on. It controls the emotion the all the way through. Yeah, and it uh, it gives you certain feelings. It sets up scenes. So, uh, you know, I think that that's the only way it should be done with John Williams. 
when it comes yeah. to movies like that. You know what I mean? Or every movie. I think he should score every movie. I'm going to go out and say it, that he should be in charge of scoring <laughs> every movie ever made. When they re-release stuff on Blu-ray, it'll be digitally remastered with John Williams Orchestra. And uh, I think that from now on, every movie made should be him. But that's Did just you me. watch those videos on like, on like what it would look like if it was John Williams was uh, conducting in the morning or whatever? Like some video where he's like sitting around his house and he's like drinking his coffee and he's like fucking <laughs> conducting pieces of every in like every aspect of his day. He's just like still doing his thing. Super funny. Yep. It's like it. it's like everything he does. He has like a fucking dramatic theme song to it and like it's super funny See? i imagine like so he's already always working so he might as yeah. well always be working on a movie instead of conducting yeah. his fucking toast out of the toaster like a madman well as far as i know there's going to be star wars for the rest of eternity now so i mean yeah that's dope. <laughs> he, he, he'll never be out of work so sure. so we're here to celebrate we both have our star wars shirts on yep. and we're ready to we're ready to get down on this documentary so you guys can watch it with us it's called The Making of Star Wars, 1977 documentary. It's on YouTube for free. And uh, you could sync it up, watch it along with us, or just uh, just enjoy the audio. Do whatever you want. It's free country. You know what I mean? I'm not here to yep. tell you how to, how to take in this podcast. You already downloaded it and hit play, so my job is done. Everything else is extra credit. Yeah. Yeah. That's you little fucking... Bring the apple for the teachers. Whoa, calm down. <laughs> that was mean. That was uncalled for. All right. I put it. I put a fucking tack on your chair. You remember? Remember back in the day when you used to like twist two staples? Yeah, I was together, just thinking about that. And one one would be sticking up no matter how it would land, and you'd throw it on people's seats. That was the shit. Yep. Shout out to all the assholes that used to do that. Shout out to was... shout out to twisting two staples together. Yeah, you know what I mean. The kids yeah. need to do more of that. I'm gonna go teach my nephews today, actually. Yeah, and then I remember, uh, I remember throwing pencils up in the ceiling. Yeah, and then just uh, waiting for them to drop because they would drop eventually. Telling people they dropped their pockets. Yep, mm -hmm. made them look for them. Uh, your epidermis is showing. We've done. We've gone through all this before. <laughs> yeah, uh, fucking putting the kick me stickers on people and shit. Yeah, it's good. It's good fun because you're not you're not being uh, you're not being hateful. You're not being derogatory. You're not really hurting anybody's feelings. You're kind of picking on people. So there is a there is a bullying aspect to it, but it's all fun. Ah. It's all fun and games with kids. You know what I mean? And I think that uh, I think that it helps you. Uh, it helps you kind of weed out the dicks from the regular people and not trust everybody. And it also helps you function in society. You know what I mean? To fuck around with each other as kids. Kids are too nice. The parents are like, don't do that. You can't do that. And they like make people apologize really, for everything. I think, I think nowadays it's like fucking parents can't even tell the kids anything. Yeah, kids are bastards. Because kids will fucking manipulate this scenario and put you in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Just put you in jail. Yeah, that's how it is nowadays. Done for. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to share this screen over here so you could uh, get in on this. Wanna, you like Flynn? You want to get in on this? All right. Now, uh, everybody out there that's watching with us, we are going to press play on this YouTube video in just a few seconds. I'm going to count it down. And the countdown starts with three. Two will be in the middle. One is at the end, and then I will play it on zero. Hollywood, come up. Oops, I paused it. <laughs> Great fucking job. <laughs> I paused it. My bad. Okay, hold on. We're going to try this again. I'm backing it up. This is the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're new. Oops, I played it on accident. Okay, now I'm going to press play. Three, two, one, play. Okay, now I'm just going to get away from it and not touch it. Hopefully, it loads it fast. Hollywood, California. Already skipped. 1977. <laughs> 
triumphant moment in screen history. To the world-famous Chinese theater come the stars of the biggest box office success in motion picture history. R2-D2, hurry up. Everyone's waiting for you. C-3PO and R2-D2 are reunited for the first time since their epical appearance in Star Wars. Superstar. Right? These guys had no idea. Like, this probably seemed kind of big at that time. They Thousands had no idea to see the metallic that they were taking over the entire footprints and cement in the theater's courtyard. As the two heroes of Star Wars make their indelible impressions on the ground reserved for Mobiland's legends, the world resounds with the fact that Star Wars itself has become a full-fledged social phenomenon. It has become more than just a movie. Also to be honored this eventful day, Star Wars villain. It's Darth Vader. Gucci. Just imagine that, R2. This is the strangest planet we ever visited. Oh, I can't bear it anymore. Turn the dial. Quickly, get rid of him at once. <laughs> how can they do that, R2? That dreadful man putting his name right next to ours. Oh, how did this whole thing start? I really don't know. Yeah, that's some bullshit. You're quite right, R2. It has happened too quickly. All that suffering. It is time we sorted it all out. Do you think your memory bank is up to it? A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a starship is boarded by Imperial stormtroopers. Their leader, Darth Vader, master of evil, and the Galactic Empire's most feared speaking? agent. The plans Darth Vader seeks are in the We need this to guy to fucking C3PO uh, and R2D2 to an right? heroic night on a If this guy said welcome to the natural habitat podcast. Oh, <laughs> like space dramatic like this. Holy shit, Jay. I've After the robots escape from the starship, the rebel leader Princess Leia is captured. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Narrated by William Conrad. He's got a crazy old school voice. It's much more fun looking at it this way. It was rather too exciting at the time, wasn't it, R2? He created the role of Matt Dillon in the radio version of Gunsmoke. That's Just dope. So he's an old radio actor. Really made. Right, yeah, that's really it's all sideways and shit, all crooked. That's dope. Making of Star Wars. As told by C-3PO. C-3PO and R2-D2. <laughs> so that's dope that they do it this way. It's like they filmed it as an actual movie. Everybody's in character. No, I guess they're doing some behind-the-scenes stuff now, but... Yeah, it looks like they filmed the documentary as they were filming the movie. Yeah, and they came out the same year. The first one came out in 77, right? Yeah. You really must begin at the beginning. Now just behave yourself, R2. Don't be so stubborn. You know perfectly well where it began. It began with Mr. Lucas. Oh shit. Here comes Jorge. George Lucas, 33 years old, writer and director of Star Wars. His first feature film for Warner Brothers, THX 1138. Also science fiction, but of a very different kind. His second, Universal's American Graffiti, which recalled his adolescent years in a small town in California. Yeah. That's dope. His third film, the phenomenally successful Star Wars, which he wrote far from Hollywood at his home in Northern California. 
What a fucking phenom. I think one of the key factors in the uh, success is that it's a positive film. It has heroes and villains and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Fuck yeah, let's go. In Star Wars, Lucas wanted to recapture the spirit of romance and adventure he found in the movies of the past. The kind of films that ran endlessly on television when he was growing up. I'd watch that old pirate movie. Looks dope. Oh, yeah. It's a good effort, Captain Tan. My next will be better, my fancy clown. Making his space adventure, Lucas set out to give young people another kind of fantasy world. The kind he derived from watching westerns and old Flash Gordon serial. Flash who? Have you seen you, boys? Huh? Have you seen you, boys? He's leaving. He's looking up. He's the flying squirrel. <laughs> yeah. What? He looks like a wingsuit. Okay, you think he's open the window? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aliens are so smart they come all the way here, but they're so dumb that they just open the window. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, what was that? Mark Hamill. Luke became a projection of every young boy's adventurous spirit. Hell yeah. For director writer George Lucas, Luke was something of an alter ego. In the film, Luke enlists the aid of a wise and virtuous man, part warrior, part mystic, and the last survivor of a knightly order called the Jedi. His name, Obi-Wan Ben Kenobi. He is portrayed in the film by the distinguished British actor, Sir Alec Guinness. Hear the music? Mm-hmm. For their adventures, Luke and old Ben this, must ally This music could have easily been music from tower, like a fucking King Arthur's time movie. Harrison Ford. For their journeys, they need Solo's space freighter, which comes with a most unusual co-pilot, Chewbacca, the Wookiee. The Wookiee. <laughs> With the two robots, this foursome will attempt to rescue a princess. As played by Carrie Fisher, this princess is royalty of a very liberated kind. Governor Tarkin, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Charming to the last. The villain and chief nemesis, Darth Vader. Damn. Even in early production sketches, Darth renditions Vader emerged are crazy. as a crown prince of evil. Sound effects editors added a final touch to his villainy. Wait a minute, R2. You may think you know what you're doing, but you have to be careful. Oh! <laughs> R2-D2, come back at once! What's the matter, R2? It's all right, R2. Go, that stupid machine. I don't know what he'd do without me. You needn't worry. I'll take care of it. It's all right, R2. You can come out now. He's gone. Come and see for yourself. He's not here. Now, really, R2, if you're not careful, you'll overwork your circuits. Man, it's so crazy that this is like... Right at the beginning of the launch of a fucking empire. Yeah, that was my. That was what I was trying to say. Like, yeah. None of them knew how big it was going to be, dude. None, none of them had a clue. There's no way to project something like yeah, that. Yeah, everybody's young, you just um, making a movie. Yeah, you could have hoped for it to have done well. 
but never as well as it, as it did. You know, when it, if you look at the numbers, it wasn't like the biggest hit in the world when it came out, but it, it steadily grew from the time it came out to the time it became cult classic. Yeah. Then by the time that it came back, when it came back in the 90s or the 2000s or whatever it was, fucking... It was the biggest movie in the world. And, and then it just happened again on the newest cycle with The Force Awakens. To the yeah. And, and uh, it Construction crews work for two months to build the dwellings and towns. But it still hasn't beat Avatar in internationally. Internationally, it's ranked number two. Yeah, it seems like in the States, every, every new movie that comes out beats the last movie. Robots. No, not necessarily. It didn't happen until um, uh, Jurassic Park. This is the type of shit that made. That's dope. All the live puppetry, all like the real machines, the 3D hands-on thing. Yeah, and I was watching some. uh, I was watching some interview with George Lucas it is on recently, old George Lucas, and he was talking about how he thinks that that's why people relate to it so well, is that everything is real, everything's tangible, and like all the characters, all the robots, all the droids, everything is like an actual thing. And as we're looking at it right now, like, all these little fucking robots are crawling around. When they were standing on top of that hilltop, Luke and Obi-Wan and C-3PO, they were standing next to some fucking floating car that looked like it was floating. You know what I mean? Like, and this wasn't in, like, the, the post-production. This is just some guy with a camera filming a documentary. You can't say sand people anymore. Who said <laughs> I just said. There, there, are two. Calm down. You must try to get a hold of yourself. Look at me. Scrap merchants aren't exactly my favorite people either. What did he say? Scrap merchants are my yes, favorite people either. Yes, a lot of very strange creatures <coughs> out there in the desert. <coughs> Animal, vegetable, or mineral. The early production drawings of the sand people don't specify. George Lucas imagined them as ferocious nomads. And ferocious is what they turned out to be, as demonstrated in this scene photographed on location. Ah. <laughs> Cut and print. No Cut. one too did it look dangerous, did it? <coughs> but just see how exciting it looks in the completed film. <laughs> well, there are two banthas down there, but I don't see any... Wait a second. They're sand people, all right? I can see one of them now. So cool. All the tech, everything they have. And the crazy thing is the... <laughs> how much stuff they got right. Yeah. How much stuff that was um, backed by, like, some type of science. Or, like, a future... A night Science playing a night on, brought you know to the I mean, Star Wars like set how, a theatrical how tradition like, you know, that inspired the youthful like, production really worked. Like, this guy's a fucking genius. In this, put, his like, first appearance as Obi-Wan like, Ben Kenobi, he rescues Luke Skywalker from the Created a fucking people. universe. Yeah, a whole universe, not just a planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it takes so it much in-depth thinking to, like, come up the with man to whom he <coughs> planets and their atmospheres and why they are the way they are, why, <coughs> like, the message cannot be where they are, until how people get from one place to the next. Yeah. 
and what type of fucking propulsion systems and ships that they use, you know, like all the inform all the information that they used to back the shit up ended up being similar even even uh, plasma fucking weapons and um the swords and shit, you know, like all the shit was really close to how it would actually work. And I don't have no fucking idea how he did it. It's crazy, man. It's like uh a young guy named Darth Vader. It takes a. He put like an unbelievable amount of work into the universe, and like you were saying, it takes a lot to imagine up all these different places and atmospheres and how you travel to them and all these different types of ships, and fucking. There's like a map of the. They show it in. Uh, in the Force Awakens, the, force the map of the universe. You know what I mean? It's an energy field and by all living things. <laughs> it's fucking a trip. They showed a lot in the Clone Wars too. And there's like all these different sections and areas and quadrants. Like you got to go downtown. Uh, yeah, we got to go over to Chicago, and it's like across the fucking asteroid belt. And he went like super deep. I have a book that's like the encyclopedic history of Star Wars. And everybody has names. Everybody has like a home planet. Everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. Everything. Yeah, it's crazy. My favorite characters are uh, Flagrant Dan and the Modal Nodes, which is uh, the band in the Cantina that plays the famous Cantina song. Nice. That is our new theme song. Flagrant Dan. Flagrant Dan, and his name's like D apostrophe A N, so it's D N. <laughs> Flagrant Deanne Deanne and the modal nodes Deanne But I've always heard it pronounced Dan So Dan 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 If Y-E-S spells yes Then what does D apostrophe A-N spell Yes A-E-S Ass. Spells ass. Yes, R2, I was very glad to leave Tunisia, because then we went to film in the studios in England, which was <coughs> much nicer. Oh, went to England. Uh, cool and metaphor, right? They just told the you where they really filmed that, in Tunisia, yeah. for fucking trafficking and shit, or whatever. And then uh, in fact, they show the fucking freighter, the Millennium Falcon, Millennium Falcon leaving the, that planet and going set. to the next place. And they were like, it off to England. It was constructed on one of the nine sound stages the company used at the Elstree Studios outside London. I wonder if this fool has this shit, like, in a garage somewhere. The original Millennium Falcon just, like, has it in some warehouse where he just plays songs all the time. <laughs> and just fucking sits in it all like, pew, yeah. pew. Yeah. 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 Later on the screen, it will appear to hurtle through the vastness of space. Running. Action! Can't you outrun him? I thought you said this thing was fast. Watch your mouth, kid. You're going to find yourself floating. For all of its sophistication as a set, the motion of the Falcon is generated by a few stagehands. Harrison Ford, right? who pilots the Falcon, worked with Lucas in American Graffiti. He played a similar role of a man obsessed by speed and ego. I've never seen American Graffiti. I didn't know that George Lucas did it. I ain't nobody, dork. I've always heard about it. Right. Hey, you see this Milner, you tell him I'm looking for him, huh? Ain't he neat? In fact, a lot of the elements of Han Solo what a fucking are alike, guy. Uh, like Bob Falfa. Have his career just fucking but I don't, uh, carried by George Lucas. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones, he owes graffiti, Star Wars. Uh, oh, the dude, that's like... Is, is like uh, yeah, he owes everything to George Lucas. It's like the drag racing <laughs> in American movies or some shit. Is that Mark Hamill? Yeah. I know. Uh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca is the, is the Wookiee. He's 200 years old. And I don't know if this ever comes out in the picture, but he's, he is 200 years old. 
he's capable of flying the spaceship. And, God, uh, so is the actor that plays his him. Language. I relate yeah, to him yeah. as if he were a special kind of dog. But he did play uh, half the role in the new so film too. A relationship with him that would imply he yeah. had a he had a double that would do like the walking around parts. Uh, the Wookiee yeah. actually came from. <clears throat> but uh, he was just dog. like in one place or whatever. Who is a talking or whatever? Very it would be like that. Furry dog looks a lot like the Wookiee, only slightly smaller. Of course, R2. Everybody misses the So he the based Wookie. the Wookie off his he dog. He's such an interesting character. But remember how he used to cheat at chess? Aboard the Falcon, en route to rescue the princess, the Wookiee and R2 play an unusual game with holographic chess pieces. Now be careful, R2. <laughs> The chess pieces are actually rubber figures wired with movable joints. Using stop-action photography, every movement of the creatures is filmed one frame at a time. When played back, the creatures come to life in continuous motion. They are then added to the chess board. Screaming about it can't help you. Let him have it. It's not wise to upset a Wookiee. But, sir, nobody worries about upsetting a droid. That's because a droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees are known to do that. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy on <laughs> Let the Wookiee win. That's dope. Hell yeah. Everything was so sick. Oh, fuck, man. He misses us too. I wish I had like an unlimited amount of money and I would just like build my house like a fucking Millennium Falcon or like a. Right? Some type of Star Wars shit. My whole house More would be like any that. Other movie. Imagine my like scene. Each effect element was shot kind of like trick doors, up to the <laughs> slide up and down movements and fucking, you know, fucking, um, like the fog would come out when you'd go through and shit and like, oh no, dude, all kinds of shit. Random lightsabers in places. So you yeah. have fucking sword fights anywhere in the house. Just grab them. <laughs> yeah. Remember, a Jedi can feel the force flowing through him. You need to control your actions? It's like, imagine, uh, imagine like being a teenager in the 70s and going and seeing this movie in the theater and being able to ride like the whole thing you know what i mean it changed everybody's life this is what set everything in motion yeah and it's like the fact that there is some i saw a guy when i went and saw the force awakens it was cool because i saw the force awakens like the night before it came out they started screening it and it was the first show, and I got my ticket like hella early. We went to it, so I saw like the first screening, and it was like part of—I was like part of history, you know what I mean? And uh, it was super dope. And there was this guy that was in front of us, and he was dressed in a full stormtrooper outfit, and he had two kids, like two sons, that were all dressed up like Jedi's in like cloaks and shit. They all had, they both had lightsabers. Dude had his blaster, and they came and like sat down. And it was the dude. The dude had like grown up watching Star Wars. He saw the first one when he was a kid, and then this is the first one that his kids went to the theater and saw. So it was like he was kind of like uh, reliving his childhood through his kids. And they were like super into it and all geeked out. So it's just like it's a crazy thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's going generational now. It's like being handed down and shit. It's like it's part of American history. The Falcon, in which the intrepid adventurers are traveling, is in fact a model. Designed and built by a Hollywood special effects house, it is photographed by a computer controlled camera. 
By photographing the model against a blue screen, it will later be possible to add different backgrounds and other moving objects to the scene. So this can be done by means of double and triple exposures. <coughs> the work is painstaking and precise. It is an endeavor where details count. Scenes filmed on the London sound stages will also be integrated with the model shots made in California. To achieve this, the actors must also be filmed against a blue screen. Tell anybody about us. In the Falcon cockpit, the actors play out their terror at being caught in a magnetic pull exerted by a yet unpictured Death Star. It's too big for a space station. I have a very bad feeling about this. Turn the ship around. <laughs> That's no moon. Yeah. I think you're right. That's your mother. In order to complete the scene, it is necessary to generate what the special effects people call mats. Pulling us in. They permit the separate elements to be printed one <laughs> at a time. In can't this case, very. the actors, the graphic of the Death Star, That's not the and a star field. What is it? When finally combined, the star field, the Death feeling. Star graphic, the model, and the actors... Did you say I got a very bad feeling about this? ...to the yeah. creation of a dramatic sequence. Oh, yeah. They changed it, huh, with the Mandela effect. Isn't that one of them? <coughs> yeah, I know that he says it in every one, but is it true that he used to say, I got a bad feeling about this, and then it changed to, I got a very bad feeling about this? Another technological achievement I don't know. is the creation of 33 <coughs> fully operative robots. <coughs> I'm going to look it up. R2-D2 was the crowning achievement of these mechanical creatures. An achievement of another kind was the creation of the more human-like droid C-3PO. He and his companion became both dream and nightmare to their creator, George Lucas. When I started writing this, I found the most intriguing thing was to take two robots and make them into human beings and make them the most interesting characters uh, in terms of the comedy element and the uh, sort of I wanted to make the film around them, use them as a framework for the film. And I knew when I did that that I would be getting myself into a lot of trouble. So I know what it is. I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up, and uh, what changed was Darth Vader's famous line when he says, Luke, I am your father. Apparently now he says, no, I am your father. Instead of Luke, I am your father. That's kind of weird, right? And in the Star Wars location where each it's day could cost you don't believe it? It's true. That's what he says. It's not real. How's that for ingratitude, R2? Where would he be without us? Come to think of it, where would any of them be without us? You're quite right, R2. They'd still be in the garbage crusher, wouldn't they? I got a bad feeling about this. The walls are moving. Don't just stand there. Try and brace it with something. Yep, it changed. You would have got a bit rusty. No, I wouldn't have. Cool, yeah. Gold doesn't rust. But I must nice say the robot. pluckiest of the lot was the princess. 
<laughs> nice robot joke. <laughs> Carrie Fisher is Princess Leia. Born to show business, she is the daughter of Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher. Playing the role of Princess Leia was fun a lot of times. Well, it wasn't fun all the time. After about two hours in the garbage room, the fun started to wear off and your skin started to wrinkle and your rubber suit didn't fit right anymore. But uh, we had a good time. When we did the swing across, it was it would have been fun if we'd been allowed to do it a second time. But we it was like doing the upside down roller coaster. We did it one time and it was scary. And then if we'd gotten to do it again, it would have been fun. But they didn't let us do it again. Here, hold this. The daring swing was frightening because it actually took place 30 feet above the floor of the studio. But not all of Star Wars towering scenes were filmed at Disney. They really Heights. fucking swung over that shit? Here, Obi-Wan attempts to turn off the magnetic beam which prevents the Falcon from escaping the Death Star. He is only six feet off the stage floor. In the final film, he will appear to be a hundred feet off the floor. Hmm. That's how they get uh, Wesley Snipes role in this and Sylvester Stallone to look so tall. What, shooting from... <laughs> yeah, shooting from the bottom. Psychologically. And they make it look like they're a hundred feet from the ground. There's a bit of magic about it. Mm -hmm. The camera... Adds like I just trust a lot, you know. The camera the adds camera. to people on the background, uh, different angles at height. Yeah, I remember a long time ago I found out that uh, that Wesley Snipes they use like a like a like an upward shot camera all the time on him. And he always has on like like platform shoes, yeah. and he's also like standing on like raised platforms with other people too. Because he's always like he'll play like the main character and like the hero or like the main guy, and then he'll just be all tiny, so they have to make him bigger than everybody else. Same with Sylvester Stallone. Apparently, he's hella short. The final effect is a masterful illusion. What are they doing? They took the floor out? It's crazy. It's cool how they're like showing everything. Star Wars was a lot like Damn, she's hot. For ten long weeks, the Star Wars company labored on the suburban London sound stages, bringing to life a film that had begun as an idea with George Lucas three years before. For Lucas, these ten weeks were pressure-laden, as he struggled to keep the 130-member company on schedule. For the actors, it is both a time of excitement and tedium. <laughs> To outsiders, the filmmaking world looks to be a fun-filled, glamorous environment. It is actually a workaday world of detail and repetition. It's times like this that I really feel like shutting down. Well, it's also boring waiting around for the technicians and the director to get everything ready. <laughs> Sometimes they treat actors just like droids. It's like... <clears throat> what do you mean? You guys are a part of history and you're making a bunch of money, so stop bitching about being bored. Come to think of it. Well, no, I'm sure, like, uh, getting paid for sitting around. Take 18. I'm sure a lot of, like, the cast of Star Wars movies and stuff like that to have, like, crazy boring processes where at times, like, they probably don't do shit. Yeah. Staying around. Like, there's so much, so much things involved with, like, making sure that you stay along, like, the movie's timeline and. Yeah. You know, there's, there's like a huge process to like making sure that, you know, things go the way they're supposed to go. And all that stuff takes the most time. The acting takes like the least amount of time. The mic was in the picture. Yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> so now they gotta do it again. <clears throat> the mic was green. 
Another thing that's crazy about this is that they're filming this all on film. Here they prepare to witness the fateful duel between Obi-Wan like, and Darth Vader. That's crazy. And I have a uh, well Michelle has one of the one of the film cells from the original master copy. Not uh, not trying to spoil anything. But uh they filmed the new one on film, yeah. <laughs> really? Yep. That's just how he does it? Again, special effects were Oops. used to heighten the action in the scene. Oops. Alec Guinness enters carrying only the hilt of his sword. He is given a second sword made of special light reflecting material. When this sword is turned to the light, the reflection will appear to be the laser beam. However, for a more dramatic effect, an animated glow is added to the laser sword. Nice. Flashes of color are also printed in to enhance the scene. Sound effects add another dimension to the drama. I remember when, when smartphones first became a thing and like everybody was getting smartphones, one of the first coolest apps that I got on my phone was a lightsaber. And you could like change your hill, change the color, and then when you move your phone around, it made the noise. And it's dumb as hell, but I remember I was geeked on it. Super geeked. <laughs> Yeah. Severed, but it, it all came the scene is not working. Lucas will later make the decision to enhance this scene with an optical effect. The many angles and shots that make up the daring escape from the Death Star are finally realized in this scene from the film. What? <laughs> you think that's a possibility? No. I didn't hear what you asked. If they'd have the music going at the same time while they're acting. Right. They might. I don't think so. I thought our troubles were good when we got away from the Death Star. Give them that extra that extra oomph in their acting. <laughs> Watch the like, dogfight. Oh, how mm -hmm. do ramble on. You only want to see that because you have such a big part in it. Honestly, Artu, sometimes I think success has gone to your wiring. You haven't been the same since the film opened. <laughs> well, at least I can answer my own fan mail, which is more than you can do. Damn, they're having some sort of diva fight right now? stage in England. The Star Wars company prepares to shoot the climax of R2's C-3PO and R2? One he embarks upon with Luke Skywalker. Thing. Yeah, but it was about it was about how they're famous. They are. The rebel forces are about to launch an aerial attack. They are. The, Death Star. the secret message that R2 has brought back is used to help plan the raid. Thank you, sir. I'll try. I gotta get aboard. We'll hear all your stories when we get back. All right. All right. The adventure sought by Luke Skywalker, the farm boy from Tatooine, is about to reach its most dangerous moment. For the first time since leaving home, he is on his own.
the character of Luke Skywalker is the one sounding board you have. And uh, like Dorothy in, in Wizard of Oz or Jack Hawkins in Treasure Island, there's that one character that uh, people look to to see the reactions to everything else. He's very simple, very naive, very straightforward. Um, he's that that classic character Look at that beautiful that fuck. doesn't want to stay on the farm that wants to mm -hmm. see what's beyond and, you know get off the farm and and go have a little adventure free accident <coughs> say what the adventure into which luke skywalker is thrust is derived from world war ii was it in like a car accident you got a scar on his face or something that happened like after the first movie or like during the second or something <coughs> For the space age dogfight, detailed models are used. With the computer controls developed especially for Star Wars, it was possible to film the elements for this sequence with a freedom never before exercised in motion picture production. By controlling like the motion of the camera and by remembering those motions, the computer allows for more complex and visually dynamic photography. Yeah, didn't we, uh, <coughs> we found something else out about Again, this before. The models are photographed against blue screen to allow for the placement of other elements. That they were, uh, they switched it up by the surface having the, the green screen until now seen only as a and having the camera move on a robotic arm a instead of having the model move. To effect attacks on the model by the rebel planes, <coughs> explosions are sometimes triggered by primitive mechanisms. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Similarly, the miniature planes are wired with small charges. Whoa. Nice. How fun is that job? Right? It took two years to build three little spaceships and blow them up. To do the Star Wars miniature and optical effects. They're Damn. Like grown up kids. Professional grown up kids. Professional grown up this kids. This camera provides a pilot's eye view of an attack on the Death Star. It's like knocking shit over. Thousands of hours are devoted to collecting all the elements necessary for the final sequence. Man, that's so dope. Oh, my poor circuits. It's all so very complicated. I don't see how they ever put all this together. Well, really, R2, of course we all want to see how it worked out. That's so pimp. It's dope how they like, they show all their secrets of their filming and they're like, look, you can go ahead and steal our shit if you want, but you're gonna need to have the time, the money, the dedication, and the love and geeked out, like the geekness for it. I don't know what word to use there. And if you have that, then you deserve it. If you can fucking make it all, but good luck. Yeah, there's not gonna be like another. Yeah, you can't I think just. The, the closest thing to George Lucas is fucking J.K. Rawlings with fucking Harry Potter. Yeah. That's the only thing that has any comparison. And, and she's created many universes. So, like, that's that's pretty close. But no, nobody else has done it anywhere near Star Wars. I don't think we'll have another one. There's no way to really top it. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, where do you go from here? You know, like we've been in every universe. We've been all terrestrial. We've been in the sea. We've been in the air. We've been in space now. 
you know what I mean? We've gone back in time, you know, we've gone to the future. Been the parallel universes, you know what I mean? We've been the fucking um, superheroes, we've been the anti-heroes, we've been the fucking... You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not really, like, if you try to think about where do we go from here, yeah. there's not, like, there's not a whole lot to go to, you know what I mean? Like, you had to be a creative fucking genius. Yeah. This guy was. People had already been in space and shit before, but nobody took it to this level. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, where we somebody eventually, hopefully in our lifetime, will pop up with that next thing. Avatar tried, but you know it wasn't really quite the same. Even though they are supposed to make more, I guess. But I mean, I don't know, man. The way that this, uh, the way that Star Wars worked out. People are still hungry for this type of shit, so uh -huh. if somebody came up with the right thing, you know, like like with the Harry Potter resurgence, look at that, you know, like look, it's having the same thing. They got they got Universal's turned into Harry Potter lands and shit, and they got fucking you know another movie coming out now, and they got a whole another uh, whole completely different line of like like. Um, New witch story about like fucking ones that train ancient animals and shit, you know. So like, there's like a whole different line of like witchcraft schools in America coming now, I guess. And like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like everybody's still hungry for this shit. Yeah. Just need to find what's next. What is next? What do you think would be next? Um, shit. I don't know, man. It's like. It takes, uh, we're just, we're going to be done with this. They're just kind of signing off right now. There's only a couple minutes left. But, uh, you know, I can't, I can't make that idea right now off the top of my head. But, you know, I think that whatever it is that comes next, it has to be something that is a new take on something that's already been done. You know what I mean? like a brand new because that's kind of what what star wars is and what happened with that is it was just a brand new take of the space genre yeah it's like a fucking like he said like a mix of like spaghetti westerns and fucking pirate movies and war movies dramatic live action role movies mixed with like fantasy so yeah it, it works in that sense plus it's a kids movie and that's what's i think that's the rarest aspect of it is like the fact that a, a kids movie could turn into what it turned into yeah you know, for the most part that would never happen in yeah in any other scenario that would never happen yeah there's a bunch of uh there's a bunch of amazing kids movies that you know are well made super fresh and a lot of work and money goes into but <clears throat> nothing catches on like star wars star wars was definitely its own thing and you know i think that i think that one of the main reasons why <clears throat> they do uh these making of things is that it gives people ideas and it whoa and it uh it finishes the line of or continues the line of creativity and pushes people to make something new. You know what that I mean? That was the jizz flute. The jizz flute? <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. It was dope. <clears throat> so, yeah, man, fucking, uh, I think it's dope that he lets people in on the behind-the-scenes shit and teaches people how he does it and shows that he's just a dude that was geeked out and had these great ideas, got people to give them money for it, and it was on, you know? Anybody could do it. I like I like the way that he takes the extra step and makes it a production in itself, you know? The making of the production is a production of itself, you know? It's like he really cared about everything, the entire process, you know? I don't think it was all, like, just for marketing or a sales pitch, you know, like, I think it was like, he wanted everything documented from start to finish. Yeah. Every aspect of everything. So he had it to back his shit up later 
and to say and to show the world like look at, at what i made possible before any of this shit was possible and like showing people like it you know if you're creative enough that you could fucking build your own universe and really empowered people by doing all these things like yeah he probably made some money off of this somewhere but i think that was menial you know what i mean like it really had no fucking no meaning whatsoever i think it's just a fact of documenting the process is like what the importance was he had remember the when we did the uh christmas special and he like would give those to like how he gave that to carrie as a gift and like other people like mark hamill and shit and like yeah. you know like he did things for fucking for the cast and like everybody involved so they probably had more work and like you know, and like got to keep jobs for longer periods of time. Like he kept fucking people employed, and like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's like he built this fucking this giant out of nothing, and like took care of so many people in the process, and probably built like such a fucking crazy like family that he just had to take care of. You know, it's like it's pretty intense, dude. It's it's crazy everything that comes along with it. It's crazy like when you think about the sheer like numbers. Uh, people it takes to do the shit and like the volume of work that it takes and like all the shit that went along into it especially like after the fucking lifetime of fucking thought he put into it before making it you know it's like it's a trip it's a trip to see it's definitely cool that we got to be in on the process you know get to fucking get to view it and still have it out there thank god for youtube Yep, exactly. And we still get to live the Star Wars line. You know what I mean? We still get a we still get a witness new movies dropping, new universes being, you know, like new yeah. parts of the universe being explored, new characters and planets being uh introduced to us. So, it's dope, man. It's crazy. I'm trying to find out when the books when he started writing the books and i want to say he was writing books before he made the first movie um i'm not sure but i would assume he had to have written the fucking stories yeah written something out but uh you know it's crazy that he created all this shit just from his mind and was like this is how this is gonna work and fucking had to an answer for everything you know what i mean yeah it's crazy well, I I guarantee that he reached out to some people like when he had questions about stuff he probably reached out to like professors or scientists because you know he went to like good schools and shit and he was very well connected so he had access to people if he wanted to reach somebody he could just call on them and be like I'm curious about how this works yeah and I'm sure they would give him like information on what they know and then he could like build his fucking off of that or whatever you know like, because there's no way that he just blindly came up with all the shit you know <laughs> yeah well he might have he might have just had like uh <clears throat> had a lot of um a lot of mushrooms one day or a lot of acid and oh, he just figured <clears throat> and, it out. and went to this place figured it out saw the whole map of the universe was given it was given to him like uh tattooed on his eyeball yeah like like maybe maybe it was dmt you know what i mean and it was a crazy long journey and yeah. then um and then uh yeah he fucking he did that made the universe and then didn't want kids to think that you needed drugs to be creative so he left that part out and was like i just came up with this because i'm a geek but instead it really was you know because uh because he was on drugs and he didn't want the kids to know yeah that could be possible yeah you never know so i'm trying to find out when these books are made but uh wikipedia has all the books presented here in in-universe chronological order as opposed to real world release dates so so what does that mean <laughs> it says uh it just says like what order of what book came out first yeah but i mean like when yeah the book and it says the year it doesn't even have it's not the order of releases it's the order of the time in the universe so it has bby and then aby so what do you think that stands for mm. it's like before christ and after christ but 
before something and after something by baby yoda yeah it could be baby yoda so apparently the book started at twenty five thousand before baby yoda and go all the way to uh 45 baby yoda after baby yoda so baby yoda was getting old old yoda a birth of yoda probably birth of yoda do you think so it could be right the birth of yoda probably man it really should say on wikipedia is that what christ stands for birth of christ yeah bc oh no what does that mean birth of christ or no it doesn't it doesn't mean birth of christ it means before uh something hold on I'm gonna look it up, cause I know that it's not. BBY. What is BBY? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna find it out. This is an episode of Mikey Booyah looks things up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now I'm fucking curious. I wanna know. Uh huh. Okay, so I want to say that it's uh. Okay, right here it says before Christ. And then A.D. is after death. Uh, it's an it abbreviation stands, for... It stands for before the battle of y- Yavin. Before? Yavin. Oh, all right. That makes A-B-Y sense. A.B.Y. stands for after the battle of Yavin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the battle of Yavin ended with the destruction of the first Death Star. Or if you prefer the end of star wars a new hope man that's dope the battle of yavin or yavin how's that pronounced why does it say that motherfucker so uh so i found out that bc and ad do stand for book before christ and after death and they recently tried to change it to a uh, common era change it to uh ce yeah ce and then bc before common yeah, era and then common always, era always trying to church it up yeah because they're like look what if i don't believe in christ because i think it's weird that only a certain amount of people that there's all these different religions and only you know a little tiny portion of them acknowledge that jesus christ existed but everybody like agrees that it's 2016 years after the death of christ yeah that makes no sense. Yeah, it's old ways that we need to change by uh, changing it to CE. Yeah, if that matters. Let's just I change it, it. Let's just change it to BY. I think it's just yeah, the battle, of, the battle of Yemen, or whatever. We're gonna all the Star Wars fanboys. BC could easily stand for before counting. <laughs> yeah, it could be, and then we started counting one two three yeah that's what it stands for and then it got fucking it got christ washed yeah mm-hmm got butterscotch Bastards. mailed Bastards. yeah all right well we're done rambling <laughs> uh i hope you guys enjoyed that uh documentary i know we did it was dope i learned a lot yeah it's always cool geeking out on the star wars mm-hmm. so we'll see you guys next week have a good rest of your weekend bitch Peace, bitches. Natural Habitat Recordings.